Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, let's get it rolling here on a Tuesday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. Two itty-bitty days away from the kickoff game. Bills-Rams from Los Angeles and SoFi Stadium. The anticipation is palpable. Not just you, any Tuesday. You got Bills fans like posting stuff on social media. Josh <laughs> Allen is putting together his own hype videos. Did you see that? I did not see it. Josh has a, has a hype video that he put out on Instagram. Fans have flocked to it like moths to a flame. Uh, they're beside themselves. You got our good friend Brian Baldinger posting uh, comments on the game from the pool in L.A. This thing's off the chain. We're not even anywhere near pregame warm-ups. Just your old typical Tuesday, the regular season NFL game. Oh, it is. Uh, yeah, and the ex- I, <clears throat> yeah, I had to calm myself down today. I was you were pretty around. amped. This I was morning. given I was given leadership lessons. That's right. Seminars all over. Serving as team captain of uh, One Bills Live. The expectations. I've I've been thinking about it a lot. This is a team with huge expectations, and I and it's hard because and here's the danger, and I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole because I'll start I'll start preaching but the the expectations are what as are the overriding characteristic of this team this year right I mean we've been talking about it all offseason they're built strong they've been through some tough lessons they've had some hard lessons to learn they're extremely talented they're extremely deep the expectations are out of this world it's it's Super Bowl or bust win the Super Bowl or it's going to be a disappointment it it just couldn't be uh you know the, the expectations are out there and, you know, how do you handle it? And then the problem is this for players. And, and for those of you who never played a team sport, this is what happens. You, most if not all of these guys have had it rough. Come, It's hard to get to the NFL. It's hard to stay in the NFL. Your whole life people doubt you because the league seems so big and so huge. And you have these stars and these absolutely massive, unbelievable teams, these star players that are doing things that nobody's ever seen before. And that happens every year. It just seems far away. So you grow up and all your friends and their family, they doubt you. They, they just think, well, you keep working hard and, and maybe you'll get a chance or maybe you'll get whiff, a whiff of it. You know, maybe, you'll, maybe you'll get drafted. They just doubt you. And you have hard family. Some of these guys have hard family uh, backgrounds. They have hard uh, financial backgrounds. They have hard uh, things happen to them during their lives, tragedies they have to overcome. They have huge obstacles that they overcome and and everybody's counting them out so you get to this thing where the easiest the kitchen where these guys all live is you can't do it everybody's counting yeah you're it you're not good enough you function in a world where you're doubted you're doubted constantly now the buffalo bills enter this season they're the team nobody doubts they're the 800-pound gorilla. They're the team that everybody says, just roll your helmet out in the middle of the field and they'll give you the win. Nobody's doubting this team, and it's unfamiliar territory for all of them. For a lot of these guys, they've never been here before and they don't know how to act. What do I do if nobody – what do I do if I'm supposed to do all of this stuff? What happens to you? And that's where we all feel this angst about being in unfamiliar territory, particularly Bills fans. I mean, Bills fans were – on a great year through the drought, mediocre was, man, that was an aspiration. Or they spend most of their time on social media demanding more respect for their team. Right. Now it's there. Nobody respects us. Us against the world. Even And you see it everywhere. Tom Brady coming back says, I got unfinished business. You won seven Super Bowls, you loser. 
right? I don't want to hear that stuff. It's unfinished business. What are you talking about? That's the mental hoops these guys jump through to tell themselves, you know, there's something missing. I, I, I still have unfinished business. There's somebody out there who doubts me. I've got to do something to prove myself. You, you won the Super Bowl. You know, what are you, what are you thinking? That's where this team is. They're the 800-pound gorilla. They're the, they're the target on their back. They're the hunted, not the hunted. Now, the, the Rams are the hunted. They're the guys that have the championship. But now that they've done it, who cares? They can't take the championship back. Yeah, I mean, I get all of what you're saying, but I think we know how Sean McDermott runs this ship here, and it's predicated on every year is a new year. Every year you have to earn respect by the way you perform on the field, by the way you prepare so you can perform perform on the field. And I think there are some hard lessons that the Bills have had to stomach in each of the last three playoff seasons, whether it's blowing a 16-7 to lead in Houston and losing in overtime in the playoffs, whether it's coming up short against the Chiefs two years in a row, including an excruciatingly painful final 13 seconds of regulation only to lose in overtime after losing a coin toss. Um, those lessons, I think, are what sit in the forefront of Buffalo's motivational memory bank. So people can talk left, right, and center all they want about the Bills being the favorites. What, what really counts with them is what they've actually experienced. And what they've actually is experienced is playoff heartbreak each of the last three years. That will be the proverbial log on the fire burning in their bellies each and every week. So I yeah. am not worried in the least about this team handling high expectations. They're too busy trying to forget about playoff disappointment. And for me, that's a big old heaping log on the fire that's going to burn for 18 weeks. And I think this, too. And here's, here's the uh, Steve Tasker 30-second seminar on leadership. Here's where you got to get your elevator mind. speech? If you're, yeah, if you're <laughs> in this situation. When you get into a place where you're supposed to be this, 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 even now the Buffalo Bills will go, should go into this season. Their mindset should be somewhere in the realm of, listen, you think you have high expectations for us? Let me show you where your expectations should have been. This is not just a team that's good, that's going to be there at the end. This is a team that's going to make a statement. When we play teams, they're going to walk off that field going, man, we got a long way to go because those Bills are a problem. we got a long way to go to be there. We got to, that's when you come out. If this team comes out and wants to do what they all, all the things that we all, you know, Bills fans want them to do, this team's got to go out and flex every week. They got to say, this is where your expectations should have been. You don't know us. Watch. That's where you kind of have to have your mindset because then you're out there, the top is off your own ability to fulfill those expectations. The, the lid comes off all of those expectations. of It's not just about the Super Bowl and going to and winning. It's about coming out every week and being the championship team that people thought you were. Doing it when nobody's looking. Doing it when during Monday through Saturday. Every single day you show up like that and you go out on Sundays and you absolutely show off to the whole world of why they didn't know what really what you were. You have them doubt themselves and their own expectations for you. Yeah, I don't think they got to stomp all over everybody every single week. Just win the damn game. I don't care if it's 35-32. I don't care if it's 10-9. Just win the games to get yourself the number one seed and then worry about wiping the floor with people at that point in time. It's not just – Yeah, it's not a just – Get your wins. It's not just win the game. I don't game. need you to stomp 
everybody by 20 points every week. Just win the dang game. Get a record of 12 and 6, 12 and 5, 13 and 4. Be the number one seed in the AFC and host the playoffs so they have to come through Buffalo. Uh, Brownie, that's, that's fine for us. I'm talking about the guys in the locker room. They're like, they, have to, they have to be beyond that. You can't. Why? Yeah. Just win, baby. Yeah. It's, it's not just. You don't just win the NFL. It's too hard. Well, that's why I'm saying. It's too hard. Well, you yeah, see, it's also too here. hard to stomp 17 opponents by 20 points. You don't have to stomp them. You just got to be well, who you, you are. Well, you saying that. You got to be who you That's your mindset. Well, yeah, but it's not going to happen every that's week. That's it. Yeah. But it's not going to happen that's every week. That's where your week. mindset is. It doesn't matter if it happens every week. All it's right. not going to happen every week. But no. that's where your mindset has to be every day, not just on game days. And at the end of it, say, well, we had a pretty good year. No. Every day, you got to go out there saying their expectations are not enough. We're going to have them doubt themselves about what they perceived us to be. That's where your mindset has to be because you got to be, you got to think outside of that. You got to go out every day and say, listen, We've got to be if when your expect when the expectations are high, you've got to place the expectations higher to mm. overcome that because that only with the challenge you become strong, only only through adversity do you become this gritty, hard fought team. And you got a lot of players on this team who's never been there. You got starters like Elam and Benford. Those guys have never even been here. They're yeah. just their minds are going to be swimming on opening night. Sure. So your mindset as a football team's got to be far beyond two jamokes like you and me sitting in a radio studio. You're you got to <laughs> their mindset has to be listen. Not only do we deserve the expectations of going to and winning the Super Bowl, we're going to make this one of the all-time great performances by any football team in the history of mankind. That's where we're going to be every day. Not just on Sundays, on Monday Today, on a Tuesday in September, when nothing's been decided, that's where we're going to be. So that's where you got to live your life. That can be pretty mentally place. exhausting and physically exhausting, quite frankly. Is that it the ain't best, easy. Is that the best way to do it? It ain't easy. I don't know if it – But here's the thing, though. I don't know if it's wise to be that take dialed Mike, up. Nah, yeah, but it's not a, it's a, it's where you, that's where you're at when you're in the building. Now, listen, what you forget, and I get it, it is mentally exhausting. It's mentally exhausting to think about, but when you're living through it, with a group of guys that you love and respect, with a, you know, like a family in that locker room, it's invigorating. It's not exhausting. It's invigorating. Okay. It energizes you every day. Man, you can't wait to get in. You cannot wait to get to work in the morning. You cannot wait to go in and lift. You cannot wait to go to meetings. You cannot wait to install the game plan. You, it, it is invigorating. And that's the mindset. And that's what people don't get. It's, that's when you've got and, – and I remember this before we went to Super Bowl 26 and the playoff run up to that thing, you couldn't keep guys. We had guys with full-blown the flu, fever. They're, you know, they're just awful. You couldn't keep them off the football field. Hmm. They wanted to practice on a Wednesday. That, that's how invigorating it is. Right. You can't, I mean, you got guys. I was getting shot up to practice during that season because you can't stay away. That's how invigorating that atmosphere is. So – that's where this team needs to be. You know, week one, go. Just go. And that doesn't mean, you know, obviously in reality, they're not going to win. They're not going to win 20 games in a row. But I'll tell you what, they're going to have a shot at it. They're going to have a shot at every game they're in. They're going to be on it. And the mentality has to be far beyond the public perception of the public perception's expectations. 
You have to be far beyond that as a player on that team. You have to listen. You you have no. You think we're going to go to and win the Super Bowl? Not only that, this this season is going to be special on so many different levels. The Super Bowl is going to be an afterthought because it's going to be an, a foregone yeah. conclusion at the end of it. So you have to get people. You almost have to have people disappointed that they didn't expect enough of you. That's kind of your mentality when you go into this thing. Don't just live up to expectations. Have people kicking themselves because they didn't expect enough. Hmm. There's your 30 seconds of leadership. Okay. That's – this is a, a – the team lived with expectations last year. Don't forget, they were coming off the AFC Championship game last year. There were some people last year thought they were the team. A, num- a good number of national people thought this was like, you know, I'm picking the Bills. Now, it didn't happen, obviously, and, and, and at the end of it, the Bills were good enough to go to and win it all. Let's face it. We're a coin flip away. A coin flip away. So, they live here. They live here, man. It's, and this Tuesday before this Thursday game to open the season, you know, you kind of got to wind up and take a deep breath because this thing's going to go downhill I mean, this is like running we, – we talk about it all the time. Once that week one game hits, it's like we're tumbling downhill. The season's over. <laughs> it is. You're making me think of that cheese wheel race where they roll a giant wheel of cheese down That's that mountain and these guys are running after we're it and running flipping after over, the head over running teals. After the, we're running after the <laughs> wheel of cheddar. <laughs> Human bodies tumbling were not meant to Head do over that. heels down a hill. That's what this season's like. You know what it's like. It's going to be like week – it's going to be like, oh, it's week four already. Gosh, here we go. Uh, we should bring you some Bills practice updates. Those are presented by LACOM, Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine. Tight end Quentin Morris, offensive tackle Tommy Doyle, not practicing here on Tuesday as their status remains up in the air for Thursday night's game. The good news is Isaiah McKenzie, Tim Settle, Jordan Poyer, all full participants in practice yesterday. And they were all out there participating in practice today. And head coach Sean McDermott, who addressed the media via Zoom today, did say it's looking good for all three of those players to be ready to play Thursday night. So it looks like the full defensive interior contingent will be intact, namely Tim Settle coming off the calf injury, along with Jordan Phillips, Ed Oliver, and Daquan Jones. Uh, I think that group is pretty critical to the outcome of this game because I think they stand a pretty good chance of making the Rams offense one-dimensional and then letting the pass rushers get after it uh, and stopping that run game with the two-headed monster of Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. So look forward to that for sure. Uh, We have some NFL news and notes, and those are brought to you by Kaleida Health, the official health care system of the Buffalo Bills. And – We begin with some quarterback news, Steve, out of Pittsburgh. Congratulations to Mitch Trubisky. He has been named QB1 by Mike Tomlin today for the Steelers. And the only thing that was also of note in respect with respect to the QB pecking order was rookie Kenny Pickett leapfrogged Mason Rudolph and is now QB2 right behind Trubisky. That was I think it was to be expected. Yeah. But Tomlin mentioned it specifically in his press conference, basically saying, I was very happy with the progress that Pickett made through the course of the preseason. That's why he is QB2. But Mitchell Trubisky, former Bills backup from last year, is back in the starting lineup. And 
it could not have worked better for him, quite frankly, Steve, because here was a guy that Brandon Bean convinced just over a year ago, hey, come to Buffalo, be a backup, focus on your game, sit behind Josh Allen and a good group of offensive minds, get your career back on track, go back into free agency in 2022, and hopefully find a landing spot where you can be a starting quarterback again. And he did that. He did that. He went to sides yeah. with Pittsburgh, wins the quarterback competition, and here he is week one was, off and running. I th- and I, I anticipated it, uh, although I didn't anticipate Pickett playing as well as he did in the preseason. Um, Pickett looked good, no question about it. He looked, like a, he looked like a modern quarterback, too, as young as he is, because he was running around making plays off script, which a lot of rookies kind of do, but a lot of them can't get done as early as Pickett did. Trubisky, I'll say this, and he has said it, he learned a lot from a year or a season behind Josh Allen, being in the room, listen how he spoke, listen how Brian Dayball handled him, what you know the contributions that Josh made to the offensive game planning, some of the things he said he liked and didn't like and why. And Trubisky is the same type of player as Josh. I don't think he's as good as Josh, but he's the same type of player. And I think he learned better how to mentally attack his own skill set within an offense. I think he said coming out of Chicago, he always felt like he had to run exactly what the play was called, the way they called it, and stay within the lines. And Josh showed him another way and a very acceptable and football-savvy way to use his skill set to his advantage. And I think Trubisky uh, has got to feel really good about where he sits. I think that year in Buffalo really obviously served him well. Uh, I think that's a that's a franchise that knows how to protect and promote a quarterback's development, and I think Trubisky's in the right spot. I've heard Brandon Bean say, I don't know if he picked the right spot because they told him he, they were going to draft a QB. And whenever a team drafts a QB, particularly in the first round, that throws a wrench into everybody. You know what I mean? I mean, the guy, well, they yeah, start his, to promote him a little too yeah, fast. starting job could be the, jeopardized. They clamor for him. They the want to see him. Yeah. Yeah. Public, so, public outcry. So, for that reason, Brandon Bean had said, you know, I don't know if he picked the right spot. You yeah. know? But I think certainly um, at least he's getting his shot. Yes. How long a leash is the question. <sighs> That's always the question. I mean – they, I mean, they got a division game right out of the gate here. They're playing the Bengals this weekend, you know, defending AFC champs. You beat them, I think you get yourself a little bit of rope. Tomlin yeah. is not known as a knee-jerk guy either. So no, I not. think a couple of – I think once, maybe twice, Trubisky will get the benefit of the doubt if his play on the whole is pretty solid, even if the team doesn't win. Right. Um, but, yeah. We've we've seen this before. We know how this movie plays out. So if Trubisky has some lackluster performances, two consecutive weeks, and all of a sudden they're in an early hole, one loss record-wise, yeah, the the outcry will get louder and louder, and Tomlin may eventually have to make that change. So that's a little bit down yeah. the road, hopefully for Trubisky's sake. But I'm happy for It'll him. Own. I'm glad it. Yeah. Glad he got named the starting quarterback. It comes down to Pittsburgh. how much pressure Mike Tomlin feels about making a change if things aren't going well, and and knowing too that if it's not Trubisky's fault, right? I don't think Mike Tomlin's going to make the change. Um, but if everything's clicking on all cylinders and something's not right, it, it you know he won't hesitate either. I, Mike Tomlin is as entrenched as any coach in the NFL. 
and uh, he'll have, I think, the freedom and the and the strength of character to make the right decision for the team. As far as the Rams are concerned for Thursday, their injury list is even shorter than that of the Bills, but the one person on it is pretty important. Van Jefferson, the Rams' number three wide receiver behind Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson, didn't practice on Monday. He's still trying to recover from a knee scope that he had back on August 4th, I believe was the date. And his status was in jeopardy even then for week one. Not practicing yesterday. Obviously, they're practicing a little bit later in the day, being three hours behind the East Coast time. So we'll get a report in a few hours as to his status. But it's certainly not looking good. And while the Rams' offense is still capable of being functional and productive without Van Jefferson, I mean, let's not forget how much change the receiving core has undergone in one offseason. Robert Woods is no longer there, and Odell Beckham Jr. is still not healthy from an ACL and is currently a free agent. They add Allen Robinson, who is essentially 1A to Cooper being 1, and Van Jefferson's the next guy in the pecking order. Not yeah. only that, this was a guy who was their best deep ball receiver last season in terms of making big plays of 25 yards or more. There's a good chance he's going to be out of the equation. His replacement in the lineup would be Ben Skowronik, who is their fourth receiver, not nearly the athlete that Jefferson is. And then you have a little speed demon in Tutu Atwell, and then this undrafted rookie who's really uh, impressed everybody in the preseason. In fact, he led all preseason receivers league-wide in receiving yardage in Lance McCutcheon. So yeah. it, the pecking order comes, there after the top two is going to be interesting if Jefferson doesn't play on Thursday, and right. it's looking that way. It comes down to they're down Odell Beckham and down Van Jefferson, but they're up and Robinson. Who's oh, number who's one really receiver good. even now. So they got two ones, really, with Cup and Robinson, who are a, would be a handful otherwise. Uh, overall, without OBJ, you know, that's a big loss for them, particularly the way he was playing at the end of last year. Um, but two guys that you really got to worry about is better than three for the defense, right? I mean, that's all there is well, to yeah. it. So they are, I think, if, if Je Van Jefferson is not in, um, man, that's a – it's still, it's still with two corner young corners out there, and Dane Jackson and Elam and Benford. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a huge challenge for Buffalo. I think the difference is going to be not only did they lose Cooper Cup, or I mean uh, Robert Wood and OBJ, they also lost Andrew Whitworth, and their offensive line is not once what it was a year ago as well. So that makes you think now the Bills' offense, defensive line, which is, which in my opinion has been greatly upgraded, becomes a bigger factor to help those safeties and secondary and the corners. That's, that's the matchup. Is the Bills' revamped front good enough to take advantage of an offensive line that lost a Hall of Fame left tackle? Yeah, it's it's going to be different. It's a it's I mean, two Joe different Nodum teams. Joe Nodum has been his understudy for the better part of the last three years. But he's not Andrew Whitworth. And their starting right guard, who's replacing their free agent departure, Austin Corbett, who signed with Carolina in a big deal, it's, it's Coleman Shelton. I mean, the guy's got two starts in his career. And let's right. not forget this. The Rams starters do not play in the preseason. They've had two joint 
practices with the Cincinnati Bengals. So to think that your line that hasn't gotten any live reps, even in a preseason game, to expect it to be a well-oiled machine right from the jump, I don't know if that's realistic. I just don't. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, there, there's nothing that says it can't be, and they don't have to. They don't play. That they won't play well. And, and you think they pro- they will play well because at least most of the team is a pretty cohesive group. Right. I mean, they're a championship team. Just eight months ago, so it's there's it, they're not going to come out and fall down. No, but I don't think you just fit that together and off you go That's and right. you're and you look great, especially can, in week one. And, and we know the we know the narrative all the time, Steve. The defense is always ahead of the offense in training camp, and that could very well be the case in week one too. Yeah, the Bills didn't. The Bills played what? Josh threw three passes in the preseason, right? I mean, he's three of three, and and they and he looked like greased okay. lightning against against. The I'm not talking about the, the quarterback, backups. though. I mean, I'm talking right. about that unit that has to work and function together on right. every single play. What you look at is, are they gonna are they gonna miss some guys? Are they gonna get their protections correct? Are they gonna you know are the Bills gonna do some things up front that all of a sudden one of the guards or the center and the guard don't communicate right, don't get it right, and they leave a the guy free on Stafford? You know, that's where you're you're gonna see that offsides, that kind of stuff, penalty, preseason kind of stuff, and for a team like the Rams who were in the Super Bowl and they're Super Bowl champions, you kind of think, well, it may happen, but like for one series, you know, um, you can't count on that if you're Buffalo. You know you're going to – it's going to be a challenge. This is – there's some – you know, as you, you get close to the game, your your anxiety rises because the, you realize, of course, there are so many unknowns, yeah. even for your own team. I saw a Bills fan tweet the other day, only two more days until Josh Allen – completely takes control of my mental health for the next four months. <laughs> I saw that, too. And that's, that's <laughs> kind of where he holds it, they're yeah, they, hold, they hold your mental and emotional stability in the palm of their hand, yeah. you know. Um, we'll see. But, yeah. Break time for us here. Big show for you today. First, Twitter topic. What are your lingering questions or concerns about the Bills ahead of Thursday night's game? And we'll also have, in the second hour of our show, Former NFL running back and current analyst for the L.A. Rams, Maurice Jones-Drew from NFL Network will be joining us. But coming up next is a guy you know all too well, number 73 in your program, number one in your heart. One Deion Dawkins will be here with us on set next. On One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, pleased to be joined now by the man who wears number 73, also known as the Snowman, <laughs> and uh, is as pumped for week one as anybody. It is one Dion Dawkins joining us, and fresh off the field interviews, brought to you by Austin Air, the official clean air provider of the Buffalo Bills. Dion, how you doing, man? It's good to see you. It is great to be back in the studio. Yeah. It is great. It's been a minute. But it's good to see you, man. Yeah, good to have you, as always. And the first thing I wanted to bounce off you, because I know Coach mentioned it when you had a few hot days mm. in training camp. I'm sure you guys have already been abreast, been kept abreast of the forecast for L.A. Because kickoff there is 520, and it's probably going to still be about 90 or so. I mean, it's going to be toasty out there. Um, as Coach kind of mentioned, the whole force fluids, hydrate, 
that all week, I'm sure. Yeah, but like all that comes with it, you know. Like as a pro, we know that we got to play in different states where it's hot, it's cold, mm -hmm. or we're the cold, but it's hot, it's warm, or it's hot and it's warm, and it's chill, and 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 other places, and we understand that we got to hydrate and do our thing. Coach understands, like like we have a a seasoned team now where coach just mentions it one, one time and we take it and we run with it. Mm -hmm. So what's been the the vibe, and I know Sean said, you know, said, listen, we live with these expectations. Um, oh, yeah. Now, you know, you're on the cusp of starting a season where everybody expects big things from you guys. How do you handle it? You just put one foot in front of another and win the moment. You, like, you can't play the game 100 days and before, you know. We had practice today. We have another practice tomorrow. We have to win that practice tomorrow for us to have a chance to win on game day. And uh, And we understand, like, with the – higher that we get with whatever popularity, whatever like you, you want to call it, um, that all comes with winning and doing things right. So we understand that we have to continue to do things right on and off of the field to put ourselves in a position to even have a chance. And that's all we need is just a chance. Right. And uh, we're going to take it for and what it is and put our best product on the football field and make plays. I heard you, I think it was either early this week or late last week, you were talking about how Playing with Saffold there now on the left side kind of reminds you of your days when you were a young buck with Richie Incognito. Oh, yeah. You know, you got like a true grizzled, <laughs> been there, done that vet next to you, sure. which usually makes everything a lot easier, smoother. There are there are fewer check with me's because you guys both know what you're doing. Oh yeah, that that kind of got spawned at the Pro Bowl though a little bit, right? You it guys kind of ran into each other, lined up with one another. Maybe just walk us through that and how that kind of <laughs> relationship got off the ground. Yeah, so the the funny thing is it actually started um, – when did it start? Maybe last offseason? You know, I ran into Roger in Miami. You okay, know, okay. I, I live in Fort Lauderdale in, in the offseason, or I visit Fort, Fort Lauderdale in the, the offseason. Spend most of your offseason right. there. And uh, I was out, and I ran in, into Roger. Roger came up to me and was like, yo, what's up? I'm Roger. Da -da -da -da. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm Dion. We shook hands. We kept it cool. And then we were in the Pro Bowl t together, yep. lined up right next to one another in practice and then in the game. And then next thing, but you know, Roger is my, my teammate. And then it kind of just was natural because, like, I already knew, like, where his energy was. Yeah. That he was, that he was a guy. So anytime that you can have a, a solidified guy, like, and as an athlete and a competitor, like, you already know. Like, we're already here. We're here to do one thing, and that's to win games and – and dis destroy people. So, you know, Roger and <laughs> myself will be, you know, coming right. off of the ball, just wrecking, wrecking, wrecking havoc. You've uh, had some changes with Robert, Roger Saffold, now a new guy next to you, starting yeah. out. Now also Aaron Cromer will talk about that transition, how that's going, what's Roger said about how things are here oh, yeah. in Buffalo as opposed to where he's been. And Well, he Aaron had Cromer before yeah. too. Right, and how Aaron Cromer has brought stuff to the table. Yeah, so Chrome, uh, I'm a huge Chrome fan, you know. Cromer is is as real as they come. He is a real coach. And when I mean a real coach, like he understands his role. He doesn't try to play in this is how you're supposed to do it. Da, 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 da. Like he takes, you know, what it's like on the football field and what it's like as a coach. Like he knows that he has never played offensive line. So he listens to us and then he puts it in his own way. And then he asks us, how do we feel if this and will work? And then we just hit the ground rolling. So he, because from what I understand, not only now, but even his last time here, 
a few years back when he was coaching O-line, he kind of individualizes the techniques for each guy Absolutely. based on their skill sets. Yep. It's not cookie cutter instruction. And that's exactly so what So he I'm molds saying. it to your strengths, yep. which may be different from Bates' strengths on the other side or, you know, Spence's strengths at right tackle. How much does that instill even more confidence that you can raise the level of your personal game under his tutelage? It's amazing, you know, because just like in what you said, Spencer is six eight yeah six hundred you know like <laughs> tallest guy you know and I'm not the tallest guy you know like I'm I'm a big a big dude but as far as like the the height wise and the arm length cool whatever and he gives me tools that I can use to my advantage instead of just saying all right you need to all just do this do it like how he does it no we all can't do it like yeah. he, like he does it because it's impossible you know so that's the beauty of having a coach like him that understands that there's so many different type of players, there's so many different guys with different skills, and he emphasizes our skills with what we do well, which puts us in the best position to win the individual rep. So to talk about this game this weekend, you, you played these guys back in 2020, week three. Um, You've seen, tough game. You've seen Aaron oh, Donald. Yeah. You guys jumped out to the big lead. Then they came storming back, and you won it on the last drive. I mean, they're, you knew then. They're, you know, they're a good football team. And mm -hmm. obviously, now that they've won a championship, they've proven it themselves. What about this game? Yeah. Uh, they've obviously proven it to the highest um, achievement in football. They won a Super Bowl. And uh, they have great players all over their football team. First rounders, defensive players of the year, highest paid guys, all type of attributes, all type of stuff. And uh, we understand that we have to be at, at our best. Not just this game, not just the next game. Every game in the season, we have to be at our best. And uh, it just so happens that the Rams are in game one. So we're going to take it for and what it is. We have to be at our best to put ourselves in the best position to win. And that's going to be our mindset for the remainder of the season. You know, focus on us, focus on us, and focus all on us. I don't, I don't mean this in a way to bring up trying times, but a year ago, you are in the hospital. Oh, yeah. I mean, is it crazy to think, like, you're now a year – like, last year at this time, you were going through it. Bad. Like, having some real conversations with yourself, <laughs> let alone talking, thinking about your football career. Is it – how blessed do you feel now, like, a year removed? Like, you're getting ready for a football season. You're not worried, like, man, is this thing going to take me out or something? You know, um, I'm a true be be believer in everything happens for a reason. You know, um, not to say that COVID was the best thing that happened to me, but in a way, it was the best thing that happened to me. Mm. Like uh, I was, I was, I was in a hospital at the age of 27. You know, I would never think, as a healthy NFL athlete, I would be on a hospital bed at the age of 27. So, being in a hospital, you have nothing but but time to just think, just think right. about what's like going on, think about the people like that's around, think about who's there, who's not there, and. You think about life for and what it and what it is. Yeah. So even in that start of the season where I was at an extreme low, we ended at an extreme high. So just understanding the situation and that every like situation isn't the end. You know, like stuff happens. I'm a true believer in it is and what it is, and you have to take it for and what it is and make the best out of the situation. The, the fact that you came through that not yeah. just once, twice, twice because you got COVID again. Yeah. But all I remember is end of last season, <laughs> there's linebackers getting knocked out of bounds, like yeah. off the football field, like 
on the bench. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how much did that That's funny. inspire you to – because you always hear coach saying, be the best version of yourself. I think you were that to like a T by the time yeah. you got to the end of the year. Getting over those two very giant hurdles and then playing what I felt was some of the best ball I've seen you play in terms of consistency, domination, all of that stuff. I appreciate you. How – how inspired does that make you now coming into the start of a season clean here yeah. in 2022? Nothing. You know, it has nothing to do with last season. Yeah. You know, like last season was amazing. I'm thankful for it. And I and all that I can say is I'm thankful for it. You know, I had a chip on at my shoulder, but this is a start to a whole new year. Like okay. we're like we're coming in with zero wins. I'm coming, I'm com- coming in with zero wins against an opponent, one-on-one reps. So it's on me to you know, start off with a good mindset, but all of that stuff like last year, it just puts me in a good headspace. But as far as that, I just got to just go out there and be me and just be the the best version of and myself, which is which is snow. Yeah, yeah. But, you you came out and and haven't really missed a beat at all. You I mean you've, I think you've been at every practice. I don't yeah. know if you've even taken a vet day. No. Um, so you've seen the transformation of the guys across the ball from you with Vaughn coming oh, yeah. in, Boogie Basham, AJ, Greg Rousseau. Uh, all these guys and all the defensive tackles they brought in, Tim Settle and, and, and the group. Mm-hmm. How much different are those guys on that side of the ball down in the trenches? Crazy. Steve, I'm talking about, man. Uh, they seem really di- – <laughs> Those right. are people, those are people seem, movers. I mean, man. I was looking – I was watching the game the other day. Was, you had – and I love these guys, Justin Zimmer and Harrison Phillips. Yeah. And those guys, great guys. Um, and and – Star, Star, and, and Brandon Bryant, and those guys were there last year. Now it's a whole different crew, and the, but these guys game. just seem like it's a whole new ball game. Plus, with Vaughn on the outside, it's just kind of the cherry on the, the cake. Whole new ball game is right. Um, those guys are unbelievable. Like they're all becoming products of their environments to the T. And like Ed, AJ, the the young guys, Greg. Like we had Jerry, we had Mario. Like we had all these these guys who solidified their self in this league. Mm-hmm. And then you got these young guys that are learning and adapting off of and what they do and what they did. And now we got a guy like Vaughn. We got a guy like DQ. Yo, like we got guys like Tim. We got just guys like that are just here and just causing havoc. And, and I mean like really causing havoc. Like not to say that in a way you – like we're playing and with Jerry for six years and being comfortable with just Passet and Jerry and knowing how, how Jerry – you know, plays and how he sets, and then getting a guy like Vaughn who's coming in with a whole new style of game and then teaching these other guys. So now every rep is drastically different. So everybody on that line is drastically different from last year to or for the better, and they're performing at a high level. And they have all of us in a way where we're in an uncomfortable state because we don't know what to expect now, which is good, and that's yeah. exactly what we want out of a deal out of a defensive line. Like, we come off and it's like, yep, we think that and we know, but we really don't because they just be doing just different stuff. And it's like, yo, like, these guys are unearthly. Like, Vaughn is unearthly. Like, that's that's just what it is. And then he's teaching his minions, if what you call them, guys that are younger (laughs) than than, than him, the unearthly type of tendencies, which is amazing for our football team. We might have to call your DTs like the forklifts because they're just going to be lifting people (laughs) and putting them them over here and going to get the QB because those DTs are going to be going to get. Last one I got for you because we've gotten this question from a lot of fans, so I'm curious as your answer to this, and I think Stefan was asked a similar question. 
you know there's going to be all this pomp and circumstance before the game, banner going up for the Rams and all of this jazz. Like, I didn't know, you know that. Doing like an L.A. kind of way thing. We're expecting the full L.A. experience. Of course. How do you just compartmentalize that and stick it over there so you can stay laser-focused in your game prep? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's over there. How do you just kind of leave it over there on the side and just ignore it, yeah. knowing it's going to be, like, enveloping you in the stadium? I think the better way to put it is not really ignore it, accept it, you know, acknowledge it, and then move on. Yeah. Like, the banner ain't playing playing a football game, you right. know. Like, that's that's beautiful. God and God bless them. They they won a Super Bowl, you know, but it's it's a new season, you know. Like we're like we like we have our mindset, we're flying in there, we're focused on ourselves. And it's impossible not to look around and be like, oh, that's super cool. That's super cool. Oh, look, Dwayne Johnson, you know, <laughs> Alicia Keys, <laughs> like, like, cool. Yeah. Usher, Kendrick Lamar, like, you right. know, like Jay-Z, Kendrick, yeah. like, cool. Snoop Dogg, like, it's, it's all cool. But we're, they're there to watch us right. per, perform. So I would rather a- acknowledge, just understand our room and our environment and then adapt to our environment, whether it's, you know, understanding that there's bigger eyeballs on us than, you know, normal yeah. eye- eyeballs. You know, it's it, we're athletes. Like, we get paid to be at our best and to put the clouds over all of that stuff until the game is over. Yeah. And then, you know, we look and then we smile and we wave and then we get off the field. I like that answer. Uh, keep putting Thanks, guys DM. on the yeah. bench, all right? Keep wrecking them, knocking them out of bounds, especially <laughs> sure. when you're out on the move because that is fun to watch. <laughs> we had a we had a, we had had a a clip last year. Uh, and it was ground, you know, those ground level camera shots from yeah. the end zone behind yeah. you guys, and you're kicking out. And Falcons game. You I think it was. About the Falcons. A linebacker comes into the shot, and he's out of the shot just as quickly, <laughs> like completely off the camera because this cat was just do your job, freaking man. knocking people. So keep <laughs> yeah. doing what you do, man. Appreciate it. Crazy you. that it's season six, isn't it? It's amazing. Season you know? six for you. It kind of goes by your your children. Like you look at your kids and how fast they grow, and mm-hmm. then it's kind of like holy smokes. Like I had you Go when back. I was yeah, yeah, yeah. like, and now yeah, you're yeah. grown, talking and having a conversation. Right. You, got so. own, you got a brand new person there. Exactly. The time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's a brand new person. Yeah, every it's not season. just a baby. It's some a walk and talking person personality. Talking you know? about yeah. I want Chick Fil A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want <laughs> Starbucks. Yeah. I want. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, all right, you're grown. I know exactly right. what you mean. But listen, man. I know we'll talk to you again this season. But good luck. Thank you. Stay healthy. All right. Keep doing what you do. Go Bills. All right. That's Deion Dawkins joining us here in studio. He'll be ready to roll along with the rest of the crew on Thursday night against the Rams. It's One Bills Live presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Now available at your local Wegman store, all new. Fisher Price, Little People, Go Bills Edition. Figure sets featuring Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, and head coach Sean McDermott. Sales to benefit the John R. O'Shai Children's Hospital. Last year, this program raised $700,000. And this year, the goal is $1 million. Wegmans will also have Little People-themed T-shirts and hats for purchase. Do you want to know the most impressive part of this Little People set, Steve? What? It's the facial hair. The detail that they got these days on these little people. They got Coach McDermott's shadow 
you know, his shadow stubble that he's got from time to time during the course of the season. They got Josh, you know, with his beard growth. And they even got the little goatee action from Diggs. I like it. Uh, details matter, Steve. And they're all, yeah, you know, it's all in the details. Josh and Steph are wearing the beanie caps. Yeah, he got coach with his they, and Josh and Steph are in the color rush uniforms. Yeah, all, red all the all red. reds. Yeah, very nice. I like the shoes too. They kind of got like little gray saddle shoes, kind of. Nice. Um, but yeah, they're they're available for purchase at Wegmans. Pretty cool set. And the thing that I like, they get the packaging. They got them in a snow globe. They're in like a little snow globe. There, see that? Very nice. It's pretty cool. Yeah, the kids love these things, man. I tell you. But yeah, they got Coach in his bubble jacket and sideline headset. It's pretty good stuff. So uh, grab them now. I was I saw a post on social media. These things are flying off the shelves. I actually think and it's I'm, going to a good cause. I'm going to an event somewhere here in town this Saturday, like noon to one. I'm going to be someplace where the at a some well, place where they're selling. Yeah, them. I mean, if you're a parent or a grandparent of a little person, this is a good Christmas gift. Get them little people. Get your little yeah, people some you, little people. I don't know if you can still get them. They probably have special. They just went on sale today, but I would. Say, get to Wegman sooner rather than later yeah. if you want to grab one of these. Maybe my I know they sold out quick Sold out last yeah. year. They sold out quick, real fast. That was a good conversation with Dion, and I'm glad I, I like the answer that he gave me. You know, we had Stefan Diggs comment when we played his post-practice con- uh, press conference earlier in the week. He was asked, you know, all this pregame – rigmarole that the Rams are going to do. Oh, well, you know, Super Bowl champs. Like, oh, you they know, they, they deserve to do that. That's fine. That, heck, that's part of what the kickoff game is all about, the coronation of right. last year's champion. And Steph basically said, well, that's good for them. Got no ill will. They earned it. They won it. I'm going to be inspired by it because I want that to be us next year at this time. Woo-hoo! So – Gives me a little that was a good answer. Yeah, that was a good answer for me. And yeah, they, I think Dion kind of he didn't say exactly that, but I think he demonstrated that collectively their head is in the right place in terms of how to handle that. Coaches got these guys prepared for every little esoteric well, we'll thing. Now, they, yeah, they do. And the it comes down you got to play well on opening day. The Bills were a better football team on opening day last year and lost. And you know they gave up a block punt. They, you know, they just couldn't get it going offensively. They looked, you know, they stumbled out of the blocks. Let's yeah. face it, they had a bad game, and they lost because of it. And that's um, – and it – if you got to be careful. And maybe, maybe that's the film night before game on Wednesday night in L.A. when they're waiting for the, you know, the next day to take place. Maybe that's the film that they show is the, is the opening game from last year when the Steelers came in and played well. And the Bills couldn't win in a, in a season where they were going to run the table. I mean, it was it was going to be one of those years. And they had a couple of games like that. Um, the Pittsburgh game and the Jacksonville game. Yep. And, you know, you change that around and all of a sudden they're the one seed and everything goes through Orchard Park and things may be different. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. All because of that opening game. We will step aside here. we got to take a break because when we come back – We're going to get one of our last looks at this L.A. Rams squad, courtesy of someone who has his ear to the ground on the Rams. NFL Network Rams analyst Maurice Jones-Drew will be joining the show coming up after this break. MJD coming your way next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. 
on Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Hour number two here on a Tuesday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, just two days away from the kickoff game. Bills, Rams, 8.20 Eastern time kickoff. The guy who will be out west seeing kickoff at 5.20 Pacific time, though, is NFL Network Rams analyst Maurice Jones-Drew, who joins us here on the line now. MJD, good to have you. And uh, I got to start here. It's been pretty hot out there. I see uh, kickoff time is going to be like 91 degrees uh, is the forecast. How is it in there yeah. in SoFi? Because we haven't been in there. How? What's that like? Well, first of all, uh, let me just the whole coast of California, the whole state is on just is hot. Yeah. Right. I, I, I live in the Bay Area um, and it's a hundred and it's a hundred and twelve today. So Woo. it's it's in down in L.A. It's it's I think it's like one hundred and eight. So it, it's going to be hot and muggy. The stadium is perfect, though. They have a great, you know, circulation in the air because both sides are wide open, so the wind can blow through there. It's right there by the airport, right by the ocean. So you'll get some air there, but it's going to be humid. It'll it'll be hot, um, and it's going to be great for football. And as the, the night goes on, I think the temperature will drop a little bit. But as a player, you know, I always like to play in warm weather because you just feel better, you know, at the end of the day. Like, your, your muscles are warm. You don't have to, like – do extra warming up to get better or to get right for the game. You should just be ready to go. Yeah, and you see these two teams come take the field for opening game. The ban- the banner's going to go up. Uh, the fans are going to be going crazy. It's going to be a great moment for that franchise to raise that banner. Uh, but both these teams are a little bit different than they were just eight months ago. Robert Woods gone. Uh, you know, the OBJ's not in the house. Vaughn Miller's now on the other side of the field. Talk about the pluses and minuses for the roster for the Rams and how it might affect what they do on the field. Well, I, I think first and foremost, you start with Aaron Donald being there. It's always helped the defense out, right? Um, I remember the last time the Rams played the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, um, Aaron Donald kind of took over the game. So it starts there with that on the defensive side. Can they block Aaron Donald now? From there, Leonard Floyd has to step up and make some plays on the outside. Justin Hollins as well. Bobby Wagner comes in to solidify the back, the kind of that defense being the play caller last year. I want to say five different guys called, called the plays had the green dot for the Rams. Right. Mm-hmm. So at first it started with uh, your safety, then Jalen Ramsey called it and the safety, like it was just so many different guys. So you're going to have consistency there with Bobby Wagner being able to call the plays as well as a, a top notch player um, on the back end. Obviously Jalen Ramsey's there. You have Troy Hill back. Um, they have a lot of young guys that can play as well. So it's, it's, I think I think defensively you're you're going to be happy now. Obviously, everyone wants to talk about OBJ and what you know he was able to do on that run, which was uh, magnificent. But then you bring in uh, Allen Robinson, who is one of the toughest receivers to cover at six three, almost six four, has the body control to do a lot of different things, runs routes like a small receiver on top of having you know the triple crown winner Cooper Cup there, um, and and Matt, a healthy Matthew Stafford. I think a lot of people you know he was dealing with that elbow injury a little bit last year. Um, kind of towards the end of the season, but he was able to bounce back and make some plays. And I'm excited to kind of see what they do. And on top of that, they have Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, and Kyron Williams to kind of be that triple-headed running game with Tyler Higby being their tight end. So they're ready to go. Now, the offensive line's a little different because Whitworth's not there, but Joe Noteboom was their first draft pick, um, and he gets a chance to show why they drafted him first overall, the McVay era. So uh, they have some guys that are ready to go. Uh, you guys definitely took someone that we wanted, that we needed, and Von Miller. 
but I'm excited for Vaughn. I'm excited for you guys and what, what the Bills are going to bring to the table is uh, this first matchup is going to be tough for both teams. We've been talking about that, Steve and I, that offensive line kind of coming together. I mean, I realize they have holdovers from last year, too, um, you know, because the center and the right tackle, the same, Havenstein. But they don't play in the preseason. And I understand they had a couple of joint practices with the Bengals. But you know how that line's got to kind of gel together and they need live reps to know how to work off of one another and that kind of thing. Is that – is it – Fair to assume they're going to be a well-oiled machine up front in week one, especially not getting preseason snaps in a live preseason game setting. I, I You know, it, it's funny because um, I used to be a guy that thought you had to play in the preseason. Um, but as we saw in the preseason, it's risk versus reward, right? Yeah. Do you try to get these guys some reps and going and risk uh, injury? Obviously, we saw what the, happened to the Jets, right, where their quarterback is going to either play week one not at 100% or not play week one. And so there's so many things that can happen in the preseason. And the way the Rams practice, I mean, they practice hard. And and, and so, you know, and I, I still think even if you play in the preseason, you still are going to try to find your sea legs as the season goes along. And so they, I don't think they will be a well-oiled machine, not, not at all. But all five of those guys have been on this roster and understand this playbook, and they've been around for three-plus years. Uh, Coleman Shelton has been around, just a backup guy. He was a backup center, backup guard. Uh, Joe Noteboom has played a lot and, and when Whitworth has gone down in certain situations or he's come in as the extra tight end or he even played when uh, Rob Havenstein had lost a little bit. So they have the the continuity that you're talking about. It's just about getting out there and getting those reps together in a live situation. And what about Van Jefferson, his availability? What's the latest? Uh, it seems like he's day to day just listening to McVay talk. Um, and and, that, and that, that's a, that's one that's going to sting a little bit. Van Jefferson is, is, a, is a really good wide receiver. He does a lot in the, in the running game blocking, and he kind of gets lost in the shuffle with all the great players that the Rams have had at that position. So uh, he's day-to-day right now. Don't know. I think we'll learn more tomorrow. Um, obviously, it's tomorrow being the day before the game. Uh, but they have other guys that can step up and that need to step up uh, in order to be able to go out there and make plays and try to win this game. What about, you know, defensively opposite Ramsey? Um you know, you got the third-year player who's now CB2, and now his name's escaping me. i got to pull up the depth chart real quick. But you don't have Darius Williams there anymore at the other corner. I mean, those are some big shoes to fill. I thought Darius Williams was kind of an underrated player for those guys on the back end. And, you know, now you've got Troy Hill, who's back after leaving. Um, is he just kind of step right back in? Because he's been there and done that with this group. Yeah, I, I definitely think Troy Hill is going to step right back in and go. I mean, that's what it seemed like throughout training camp and throughout uh, some of these joint practices they've had. Uh, Robert Rochelle is another guy that you, you'll see that has the frame of Jalen Ramsey, long arms, high cut, um, really physical. Um, but you'll also see some of the rookies that they, they've they drafted. Uh, I was I, The guy's name slipped me, but Kobe he played Durant. at Georgia and Clemson. Kobe Durant. Uh, yeah, the Kobe Durant as well. He'll play a lot as well. The, you, you have – Fuller, who's coming back, that'll play. You have Taylor Rapp. You have Terrell Burgess. Um, there, there's so many guys. Uh, they have their safety. Again, slip my I'm, You have to excuse me. I've been, I've been single dad for a little bit, so I'm trying to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jordan Fuller, kids, Nick Scott. Work. Yeah. Yeah, Nick Scott. Uh, all, so you have so many guys that, um, that have played, right? And that's the beautiful thing about the Rams. And I, I think a lot of teams will start to ad- adopt that. They draft, they develop, they play them. 
right? They don't try to go out and look out. I mean, every now and then they'll go out and trade for a guy. You know, you know, they traded for Jalen Ramsey. They traded for Von Miller, guys that are going to help that immediate pass rush. But they try to give their guys the opportunity to be able to go out there and make plays. And so when you do that, all of a sudden, Nick Scott's your starting safety with Jordan Fuller. Taylor Rapp can come in and play as well. I mean, Terrell Burgess, you got different linebackers that, that have come in and made plays. So they're they're ready to go. And I think Troy Hill will be the guy opposite. But you guys have three guys that can go. So they're going to have to be in that nickel uh, set as much as possible to try to limit, you know, access from one of my boys, Stefan Diggs, who's been dominating. And so uh, they have their hands full. And it's going to be exciting. Again, is this going to be an exciting game? What kind of personnel sets do they you – know, the Bills run probably as much 11 personnel as anybody in the National Football League. Rams maybe as much or more. What kind of personnel uh, groupings – are they going to evolve away from that at all, or are they going to just kind of keep on keeping on, particularly with the addition of Allen Robinson? Uh, I, I think the Rams are who they are. You know, they, they love that 11 package. Um, you know, uh, last year they kind of went to 12 a little bit to throw some some guys off because they had some young guys playing, and, and, and that actually helped them in that playoff run. But they're an 11 team. You know, they, they want to be 11. That's where they feel most comfortable. Um, and, and that's just what it is. And, and you can't knock it as much as I love 21 personnel, right? As much as I love having a fullback there and, you know, playing a little power <laughs> football, they've had so much success of spreading the ball all over the yard, forcing the defense to cover – the hundred yards uh, vertically and the 53 and a half yards horizontally on every play is tough to, it's tough to kind of go against it. So uh, I, I, the Rams, again, they'll, they'll, they'll probably be in that 11 package and, and, and that 11 personnel and have multiple plays out of it. We know that it's going to be Kyrie Elam and potentially six round pick Christian Benford. They might even platoon those guys over on the cornerback spot opposite Dane Jackson with, Tredavious White on reserve PUP for the first four games of the season. You know they're going to have a bullseye on their chest. How do you anticipate McVay and Stafford trying to take advantage of an inexperienced player on that side in a game like this? Well, the defense the Bills run, it allows you to play some inexperienced guys at the corner position, right? Because they play cover two, so they don't really have to worry about the deep shot as much. So you're going to see a lot of cover two where – it's going to put more onus on your two all pro safeties uh, and your, and your linebackers. And, and so it's going to be more onus on those guys, the pass rush getting there than it is, will be on those corners covering man to man. As much as, you know, we like to, to, to think that the bills, you know, the bill, when you watch their tape, they're going to sit and cover two and they're going to have those corners sink, read the quarterback jump routes. Uh, and it's going to be on Stafford to have to, to get those guys to bite on something that, and be able to throw the ball behind them or to be patient enough to take the check down and, and kind of be methodical down the field. Um, the one thing about the Buffalo Bills, though, about your defense, is that when they get in the red zone, they're tough, right? Like they're going to play that bend, don't break defense where you get in the red zone, you have to try to fit in a couple tighter windows. The pass rush is a little bit more um, prevalent down there. And uh, I think, again, those are, that's, those are times when you have to see the creativity of Sean McVay and company uh, to try to take advantage of a, a zone coverage team. You're, you had Cooper Cup, and as you mentioned, the Triple Crown winner last year, 1,900-plus yards and receiving, a um, ton of touchdowns, touch, ton of targets. Allen Robinson comes in, and, and the guy is legit number one. I mean, he is a guy. How does that – you know, how possibly does that change things for Cooper Cup and Sean McVay having another bona fide target and just having another dude out there that's going to suck some targets away from a guy who already showed he can be the number one guy? 
I, I don't think he's going to take many targets away from Cooper Cup, to be honest with you. I think he had 145 targets last year. Um, I don't think that's going to change any any bit. Um, just because Robert Wood had his opportunities and targets in certain games, uh, Tyler Higby had targets in certain, some of those games. I, I don't know if uh, Allen will get 145, but the ones he will get uh, will be crucial. Uh, they'll be the ones that, you know, he is getting the one-on-one coverage and the coverage is shifted towards uh, Cooper Cup. So you have that ability to be outside and can catch a fade ball or a comeback or a go route or whatever it may be, um, a hitch. Uh, and so I think they're going to utilize his skill set. Like I said, he has such a huge catch radius. Uh, you'll see Stafford kind of go with him. And, and I'll say this, they were in the they were in Cincinnati uh, playing in their, their joint practice. And it, it, it was like, you could take that fade ball to Allen Robinson every play if you wanted to when they got in the tight red zone. Um, but you could hear and you could actually see Stafford trying to work the other side because that was just it's just like we're not going to take that every time. We want to work our concepts and see how things work. So they have some things that they'll be able to take advantage of in that game. But again, they have to get down there to take advantage of some of those things in his size and his ability. Last one I got for you, Maurice, is the return game. Brandon Powell spent most of last offseason in 2021 with the Bills, didn't make the roster, bounces around a little bit, lands with the Rams, pretty productive as a return man for them. He's handling kicks and punts again this year. What what did you see from him late last year, and, and was he kind of a shot in the arm for their return game? Oh, I mean, not just their return game, all special teams, uh, to be honest. They – they were struggling trying to put guys back there to see who could return. Sonny Michelle was returning kickoffs. Cooper Cup was turning punts. Uh, they had other guys back there as well. Tutu Atwell was back there trying to return. And when you brought Brandon Powell in, it was it allowed everyone to kind of be put in their natural position. They had guys that probably should be on the front line of kickoff return trying to return kicks. So now you put a more athletic body on the front of that kickoff return, you have ability to go get it. On punt return, the same thing. Instead of having guys back there to try to return punts, they can go now and, and block and, and do some different things. So it, it allowed us – it really just put a shot in the whole special teams. Kick this, The kick coverage was better. Um, punt coverage was better. Everybody was better once Brandon Powell got back, which is weird to say that about a returner. But, again, it's very similar to, like, when Stefan Diggs got to the Buffalo Bills, he was uh, he was when he got there to be the number one. It put everyone in their right position to play and be able to take advantage of certain teams. Right, Cole Beasley goes from a two to the slot number three guy. Uh, Gabriel Davis goes to number two, um, and now all of a sudden you have what you need there. And so the same thing happened when Brandon Powell when he came to the Rams was that guys that were returning or or you know in practice wasting time to re- catch punts and kicks. Now they can just go down and be a gunner. They can go down and be in the box and punt return. On kickoff return, they can be a specific position and make plays. Last one for me, uh, Maurice. Sean McVay, 5-0 and in home op- in openers uh, under as his head coach of the Rams. Do you think there's a, a general reason for that, or is that just a guy who has a knack for getting his team ready with a lot of unknowns? Well, I'll, I'll say this. Um, the Rams try to win. They try to win the injury report. And it's, it's interesting to see that, right? You n- never really hear it. They try to win the injury report. And a lot of teams that are banged up come into week one, and he, he's had a lot of success. As well as they 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 start to obviously game plan a little bit, you know, early as, as I'm sure everyone else does. Uh, but they haven't played a team like the Bills. So they're definitely going to get challenged in this first week. Um, you know, that's what happens when you're the Super Bowl champion. You end up playing probably the toughest schedule. And uh, it is what it is. At this point, I'm excited to kind of see – 
how he'll be able to adjust and make and, and, and start the game. I think it's important for the Rams to start the game fast um, because the last time they played the Buffalo Bills, they started slow and they came roaring back. And I think they wasted a lot of energy trying to come back. And it allowed, you know, obviously the Bills to have that call that we, we won't talk about on Darius Williams as you were talking about, that P.I. call. Mm-hmm. That wasn't P.I., but mm-hmm. you guys won the game. So uh, I think it's, 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 a, it's a lot going on in this one, and it's going to be important for the Rams to start fast um, to try to, to eke this one out. Right. All right, Maurice. Thanks, as always, for the time. We appreciate it. Enjoy the game. It should be a good one. Oh, I can't wait. It, it's Fireworks are already in the air. There you go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's Thanks, Maurice Mojo. Jones. Appreciate Drew, you. NFL Network analyst for the L.A. Rams. Good to have him on the show. I was checking in with his ear to the ground yeah, he, on that team out that way. Yeah, I covered him for CBS for a lot of his career oh, in Jacksonville. And um, he was a difference maker, smart guy. and. That was a bowling ball, man. Yeah, he was. Great. To the he was a great player, but I think more so in the thing you notice about guys like him, and, and maybe you get a sense of it in his broadcasting as well, he's really smart, had a great sense of awareness of what was going on around him. We were talking to him before we came on about uh, his ties with UCLA is where he came out of, and and he's excited about them being in the Big Ten. So, yeah. he, you know, he's got this sense of awareness of what's going on around him, and he has – you know, some good opinions. He's a perfect guy to come into broadcasting because he has those opinions and, and, a, and a depth of knowledge that uh, goes far beyond just playing running back in the league. We are talking with you today about this game, obviously, but specifically in terms of your lingering questions or maybe concerns about this matchup headed into Thursday night. Um, we all know once we get to the regular season, the angst begins, as we were joking about earlier, there was a Bills fan on social media that says, in two days' time, Josh Allen will have my mental health in the palm of his hand for the next four months. Uh, because Bills fans kind of live and die with their team. So we're just curious if you have any lingering questions or concerns going into this kickoff game. We're all excited, obviously, but sometimes there's that little voice in the back of your head that goes, oh, man, I really hope this works out. So if you have any of those lingering, let us know at 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550, or on the tweet sheet at One Bills Live. Let's go to the phones now, and we check in with Judy in Buffalo. What do you got for us, Judy? Judy, are you there? Yeah, maybe she's not there. Doesn't sound like Judy's there. I'm going to put her back on hold in case she is. But 803-0550, the number to get on board. Uh, if you have any comments, we are going to go to the tweet sheet now. And tweet sheet, as always, brought to you by Corrigan Moving Systems, the official equipment moving company of the Buffalo Bills. And JT says, I hope the two rookie corners can hold their own. I believe they will be able to. They just have to watch costly penalties. Can't give the Rams free yards. What is really going to help us is the Rams don't have much tape on our rookies. We must bring pressure to help our corners out. I was fully expecting to see this as a lingering question or concern sure. because it is the unknown. You got two rookies potentially platooning at cornerback for the Bills, and they're getting thrown in the fire here against a really good offense. Yeah. A world championship offense, yeah, uh, no question about it. They do have this to fall back on. They've been working against a really good receiving core and maybe as good a quarterback as there is in the league for a month and a half now. Uh, we'll see what that gives them and how that makes them ready for the Rams. Cooper Cup, uh, Allen Robinson, they're a load, man. They're, they're concerned. And 
I think one of the things that's going to help those rookie corners is those the big guys up front. We'll see if that new defensive line and the pass rush with Vaughn and those guys uh, steps up and takes some pressure off the demand to cover for a long time. And you know that with two preeminent safeties like Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, they should be able to kind of, I don't want to say they have to cover for them, but more more than anything, kind of reassure them. Because I was talking right. to Kair about this in the locker room late last week, and I said, how reassuring is it for you when you have safeties like Jordan and Micah in your ear? Because you'll look at something as a rookie and you'll say, okay, I think this is what's coming. I think this is what I'm seeing. But then to have it confirmed by a 10-year veteran like Micah Hyde saying, hey, they're going to this, you know, alert, 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 whatever, or check. Sure. It just is, he said, it, it is so reassuring, I can't even tell you. One of the things, too, that works in the Bills' favor in this regard, um, Stafford, while he can sling it, uh, elbow notwithstanding, the guys, it's week one, he's going to feel great. Don't kid yourself about his elbow and all of that. Um, he is not a runner. He's not a, like a Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson or a Kyler Murray. So you're, the pass rush is going to know where Stafford is. Certainly he's nifty enough to be smooth in the pocket and maximize whatever time he has. But you know he's not going to be one of those guys that pulls it down and tries to make a 12-yard run for a first down. So they're going to be um, – they're going to know where that guy is. That, I think, works in the Bills' favor in today's day and age of the NFL. You don't know if you get back there, if you're rushing the passer. You don't know if Josh is going to be there when you get there. You don't know if Mahomes is going to be there. You don't know if Kyler Murray or any of the other, Trey Lance or Justin Fields or any of these young quarterbacks. Uh, Tua, you know he's going to be there. Mac Jones, he's going to be there. So that's, that's something that works in the Bills' favor if they can get there. Uh, but we'll have to see if they can in, in short enough order to make a difference for the secondary. Let's uh, try one more time. We'll go back to the phones, and it looks like Judy in Buffalo is still there. Judy, what do you have for us? You're on One Bills Live. Yeah, several comments. You know, the Bills have yet to prove that they can win a truly crucial game, and this is one of them. I agree with Steve. Not only do they have to win, but they have to win in a dominant manner. Second, Chris, I think I think your point about pass rush is critical to this game. The Bills have got to establish a pass rush. This has held us back for the last two years. I see the Bills with a quick strike offense, maybe some rollout passes to help on the offense. I just hope that we have the pass rushers who can get to the quarterback and ruin their offensive package. One other thing, you know, I'm really concerned about the weather out in California. I would hate to see this game canceled because of some rolling blackout or something it's it's more than a possibility so that's all i have for today okay you, yeah that's an interesting Excellent comment call. that you had judy um she's even got it down to the concerns about energy usage out there to deal with the heat yeah right. how about that right well, that's true and she's right i mean and I've... steve you knew all about blackouts at football games that's right <laughs> that is correct um <laughs> Yeah, she's right. The Bills need to win a crucial game. Now, they've won playoff games, which are all crucial. Right. But, but she's right. This is a statement game for the Bills. And let's not forget this. The Bills in this era have not won a road playoff game yet. Yeah, that's they right. They lost at Houston. That's right. 
and then they lost to Kansas City the last two years. That's right. On, in the McDermott era, they, think are, they haven't won a road She said something game. interesting to me as well. She said, you know, get Josh on some rollouts. I said, listen, if you want to get away from Aaron Donald, make, let Josh roll out and, and run away from him to throw the football. Move the pocket around. Move, move him right or left. Yeah. Um, shuffle he kind of does that on his own, too. He does do that on the own, but you can design a little bit of that as well. Yeah. And that's a smart move uh, by Judy's, too. And um, the, she's right. I, rush, she yeah. agreed with my pass rush thing. I think it's crucial, and I think it's going to be an upgraded um, upgrade uh, from last year for our, the Bills' defense. The defense was number one last year. They were they were a problem. But they did make some hay early in the season with like two out of their first four games were shutouts, one against Houston, one against Miami. Skewed the numbers a little bit. And it skews their numbers. Uh, but they were good, no, nevertheless. And it's harder and harder as we get further and further into the future to play defense in the NFL because, you know, the, the league wants teams to score. They want games like that. They're – they're further buckling down on the illegal contact down the field this year. It's a point of emphasis. We're going to see some of that. So she's right. I think the pass rush is one of the things that's got to come through for this game. And then, of course, the weather in California. I'm not, I'm not really concerned about the heat. I mean, I'm, those poor souls in California, yes, it's hot. Yes, it's oppressive. It's hard to live out there. It's 112 in San Francisco today, 108 in, in L.A. Yeah, that's a problem. But – you're talking about a three-hour window where these guys are in shape and they've been playing yeah. in the heat and humidity here in western New York. It's been hot and humid here as well. They'll be ready for that. They'll be hydrated. They'll be okay. It's better for the players in those stadiums a lot of times than it is for the fans in bad weather or tough conditions. I'm I'm not as worried about that as what she said. Oh, it could be a power shortage or some other quirky thing that goes on. Yeah. And let's not forget, too, that MJD, Maurice Jones-Drewery, just had on, said it is open air, the stadium, um, and they're right on the water. So there are ocean breezes that come through. The forecast temperature for kickoff is 91. So That's hot. On the field, you know it's usually hotter than that by about 10 degrees. So it'll be toasty for the first half. It is a, it is a clear – roof over that place. Right. I don't know how clear it is. I don't know whether it's opaque or whether it does. It's like a suspended roof kind it of is, thing. It is, yeah. It's a, it's a canopy. It. I think it does cut out some of the heat. So it won't Reflect be like a greenhouse. Yeah, it. it won't be like a greenhouse. There's no way they're going to put a clear roof over that no, out there. It's not a greenhouse it's, effect. It's not a greenhouse. That, I think that's one of the things they fought against because they don't want people not coming to the place. Yeah, you have people passing out in the stands. Right. I, so I think that's not part of the equation. So, but we'll see. We'll see. It's still going to be spectacular weather. Yeah. Break time for us here. When we come back, more of your phone calls, more of your thoughts on the tweet sheet. Any lingering questions or concerns as we get ready for this kickoff game on Thursday night, Bills-Rams. Steve and I back in a moment here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker. Time to get right back to the phones as we're checking in with you to see if you have any lingering questions or concerns ahead of the kickoff game Thursday night, Bills at Rams. We go to the phones, and leading us off here is one Bill in Toronto. What do you got for us, Bill? Hi, guys. Great to talk to you. I, uh, I'm looking forward to the season immensely, as, as per usual, but uh, and there's a but, of course, unfortunately, but... 
Um, I've been a fan since uh, the OJ days, and um, so I go way, way back. And it's been, uh, you know, it's been a rough gig overall. And, and the one thing that really, really worries me in some ways as far as the, the gambling world, which seems to have taken over the universe these days, is the fact that we're the Super Bowl favorites, and Josh is also the, the uh, you know, the, the favorite to win the MVP as well. Mm-hmm. Those things rarely happen in in, uh, in tandem or in, even singular at this point. So I'm not to say that's that's the be all and end all, but I just love them to death. And I'm at an age now, at least, where I don't live and die with every situation. And to be honest with you, all my friends last year were saying you guys are going all the way and everything. And I just said, listen, it's 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 my bills, man. I'm, I'm just honestly, unfortunately, waiting for the the shoe to drop in some ways. And and uh, I didn't get excited, honestly, in the whole game in the Kansas City game. I stayed there calm, and my people were going nuts around me, well, semi-calm, until Hill caught that crossing pattern. And I just jumped off the couch and said, get on him! And, of course, they didn't. And he went down the field, and I thought that was it. Then we came back, and, of course, the rest is history. So, um, I mean, I'll have tears in my eyes for sure because I've been a lifelong Bills fan, as I say, and Sabres fan as well. Jill Perot loved him. Levin's my number. But between those two franchises, they may have taken five to ten years off my end of my life, perhaps. So anyway, love them. We'll cheer for them every week. But uh, just want to hear what you guys have to say about that. And Steve, I loved watching you play. We're around the same age, and uh, you were awesome. All right. Thanks for the call, Appreciate Bill. It. Thanks, Bill. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Steve and I talked about it for a long time, especially when this team burst onto the scene in 2020, saying that fans – a great number of Bills fans, even after as entertaining as the last two seasons have been, still carry around with them a lot of scar tissue, whether it was the drop in 89, wide right in 90, home run throwback in 2000, you know, whatever, even no goal in 99. Right. Whatever it is, the scar tissue runs deep, and we understand why because Steve and I were here for just about all of it. So... <laughs> We were here for all 17 years of the playoff drought, front to back, all of it. So we know where Bill is coming from. But I think also with the team that that is assembled here, knowing Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott's approach to be perennial contenders, you have a right to be optimistic as well. And I know some people are so nuts that they use reverse psychology on themselves hoping that it turns into a positive result when all is said and done, we get it. And look, Bill's even got recency bias to attach to this because you can lop 13 seconds onto the top of the playoff disappointment pile. You really can. But this is a damn good football team. They're going to win a lot of games. You hope that they're playing their best football at the end of the season and they can finish the job. Right. I would say this. Do it like we had Deion Dawkins on the show today, and you do it just like the team does it. Enjoy every game. Don't worry about one week at a time. Don't worry about going off into the future and worrying about where it's going to end and all. Just enjoy today. Just enjoy this run up. It's going to be fun. You got a great team. Uh, they're going to play great. Um, maybe not every game, but they're going to be a fun team to watch, and they're they're going. You can own them. So. Uh, just enjoy it in small doses like uh, like the team does. Uh, enjoy the win for 24 hours and then think about the next one and get ready for it. And that's that's the best way to do it. 
you can't think about everything that's happened in the past because there's nothing you can do about it, and there's nothing you can do about the future except prepare for it. So that's what those guys are doing, and just enjoy it. Just it's a this is a fun team. It's been fun since 2020. It's been fun since 2017 when they they broke the drought and they got in the playoffs um, because another team caught a touchdown pass. Yeah, just enjoy it, man. It has been a blast. Every Every game of this five-year run that Sean McDermott has been here has been fun in and of itself. So enjoy this one Thursday. Have fun with it. And no matter what the outcome, know that there's going to be a bunch more fun ones coming up. And I'll use your former head coach's answer when he would be asked about, well, what about this? And don't you have to look out for that? And Marv used to say, if you're doing that and saying, "Wow, we got to look out for this and we got to look out for that," and we got, what about this guy? And what I'm like, he says, all you end up doing is looking out. Right. You're not worried about what you got to do in the football game. So, as a fan, try not to watch out for this and watch out for that. I realize today we're asking you for your lingering questions and concerns because we knew you were going to have some, even though this team is very good. But I think at the same time, try to have some vested confidence in what this team is truly capable of, and try to enjoy the ride while it's happening. It won't all be perfect, but it's all going to be worth watching. So yeah. let's enjoy it together. Let's get back to the phones, and we go to Alex in Rochester next. Alex, what do you got for us? You're on One Bills Live. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for putting me through. Um, two, two things. First, on the conversation regarding SoFi Stadium and the temperatures, it, it's my understanding, understanding that while they don't have air conditioning, it's pretty climate controlled. They're able to you know, regulate the temperature in there. So I don't really have any concern with that. I guess I kind of agree with the the one caller who said, you know, rolling blackouts. My understanding is it could be a problem for the game happening, but the stadium should be really whatever temperature they, they want to get it to. Um, that, that's my understanding of the stadium. And then sec- second part, um, just addressing, you know, the point you guys have for today on, you know, what's, what's the lingering concern. And my, mine's really not to do with the team itself, but McDermott in high, you know, um, high stress situations and, and kind of scenario football. I think he's he's a phenomenal coach. We we can all agree on that. The culture that he's built. But I think there are some questions regarding how he handles end of game situations on a big stage. You know, I think we have can all agree that there's things he could have done differently in the last you know minute of that of that uh, of the game against Kansas City. And maybe this is another situation that comes up where he's really put to the test and um i'm interested to see how he responds so i think it's good that we have a couple primetime games early because i think if they do end up being close games i want to see what type of decisions he's making as a head coach because it's very likely that we'll see them again postseason so i'll uh, i'll hang up and uh, listen to your points uh off air thanks all right good call alex thank you for it first about the stadium you're right it is climate controlled in a sense as steve pointed out the climate control is due to the roof, which reflects a lot of the natural sunlight away from the stadium, so you don't have solar heating. But it does not have AC, and it does not have a heater. You really don't need it in L.A. But there are still instances, and they experienced this last year, where temperatures inside the stadium are actually higher than the readings on the thermometer outside the stadium. And that's for a couple of reasons. Um, so as we said, the roof on the stadium regulates the temperature inside. They have the sides of the stadium open air, so a breeze can come through. But let's not forget, 
you've got upwards of 75,000 people in that building. And so just their natural body heat raises the temperature of the stadium. Um, so it, it is climate controlled in a sense, but they did record instances last year where the temperature in the stadium on the field was actually hotter than it was outside the stadium. So it is a concern, I think, going into the game, especially when you know the temperatures are going to be in the 90s. Yeah, what you, what you really hope for is just a cool breeze off the ocean, you know, and there's no guarantees of that. Uh, they are close to it, as Maurice Jones-Drew said. Um, as we know here in Buffalo, it's usually colder by the lake. Uh, it's the same thing with the ocean. We'll see. Um, I'm not that worried about that. Hot is hot, okay. The Bills uh, will handle it, just like uh, every other football team does. I think it's better. This scenario is way better than what the Bills faced a lot of games last year. The Houston game, pouring rain here in town. Even the, the Pittsburgh game wasn't 100% dry. It was a cloudy, cold day. Uh, the, the rain delay in Kansas City in their game week five game there. The rain delay and the rain uh, warnings and the wet field in Tennessee that they had to deal with. Of course, the first New England game here with the 50-mile-an-hour winds that uh, didn't allow the Bills to play their offense. So there were instances last year when there were, the weather was much more concerning than just being hot out. So it's a much better situation having the game in this temperature and this environment than it would be if it was windy and wet and raining out because the Bills need to sling it to be successful. Yeah. Break time for us here, but as we do that, I pass along Tuesday's Bills injury report. Stephon Diggs got a veteran rest day, so he had to be added as a rule as a limited participant, so don't panic. He's fine. He just got a veteran rest day. Tommy Doyle, as we mentioned, did not practice. Neither did Quentin Morris. Isaiah McKenzie, Jordan Poyer, Tim Settle, all full participants, so a second straight day. So those guys obviously trending in the right direction. And Coach McDermott said today he expects all three to be fit to play on Thursday night. We'll take a break. Come back to close it up here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, let's squeeze one more quick call in here before we're out of here for a Tuesday. We go to Chris in Buffalo. What do you got for us, Chris? Uh, yeah, um, I gave a call uh, because I, one of my concerns is offensively. I know that it was important for the Bills last year to want to establish a run. Uh, and I, I think in the early games that we lost in trying to do that, I think it hurt us because I remember a lot of games where we did two running plays and then we had a pass play, and we were out, three and out, which was, was something that just wasn't happening the year before. And my concern is, is uh, and, and maybe the players we have this year will be able to establish a run way to, right away, but my concern is, is uh, uh, that we don't stay too long with that if it, if it isn't working against uh, this team because I think if we fall behind, be, behind uh, L.A., uh, we're not going to have the opportunity to come back with as we could with a lesser team. Yeah, I, I respect what you're saying there, Chris, but you're, number one, I don't think there's a team in the entire National Football League that threw more on first down over the last two seasons than the Buffalo Bills. So this run-run-pass thought in your head I don't think is on the mark here because statistically they've been the opposite of that. They've thrown on first down more than almost any other team in football the last two seasons. That's number one, and I would expect some of that to continue under Ken Dorsey. 
Uh, number two, this is the number three run defense in football last year that you're facing. So to think that they're going to try to pound it into a wall if they don't have any early success, I, I think might be might be a little off the mark too. Personally, I think that this is a team that has mastered in-game adjustments, especially on the offensive side of the ball under Dable. I expect it to continue under Dorsey. So sticking with a run game too long and beating their head against the wall just really isn't what the Bills have been about the last two years. Yeah, certainly there's no doubt that there are some question marks about how Ken Dorsey's going to handle it. And if things don't go well, what's it going to look like? How's he going to adjust? And if things go too well, does he put his foot on the gas or does he start to pull back? A lot of unknowns, but yeah, your concerns are real. I get them. And they didn't run the ball well enough at times last year. We'll see what happens Thursday. That's it for us here on a Tuesday. Maddie Glab will be in for me as I'll be traveling out to L.A. tomorrow with Steve. They'll see you tomorrow. One.